Welcome, baseball family. This week, we're going to talk about Aaron Judge, the London series, and teams that should be buying and selling right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Baseball family, thanks for joining us this week on the Baseball Together podcast. I'm Brig, and I'm joined, per the most huge, with the Bradmaster. How are you, Brad? I'm doing well. Uh, getting ready to go on vacation. So, yeah, you are. Yeah, it's, it's going to be long, and it's going to be fun. So I'm excited. Yep. I'm doing well. It'll be great. I'm very excited for you. Thank you. Ah, you take a deep breath for us. One, two, three, in. One, two, three, out. Aaron Judge could be out for the rest of the year, baseball family. Yikes. Nobody has said that officially. We are speculating right out. There's been a whole lot of speculation coming out of everywhere. That's right. And that's why. Aaron Judge has a torn ligament in his toe. So a sprain is also a ligament injury, which can include up to a tear. Includes right. a tear. Includes right. a tear. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so this is the thing is a sprain is a ligament tear. It yeah. is not a complete and total tear. Like right. if somebody tears their Achilles or their patellar tendon, it goes all the way through and bones and things are, I guess, not connected Achilles anymore. is not a ligament. Achilles is a tendon. So that is right. not fitting. But anyway, you tear a ligament partially, that is a sprain. You tear it completely, that is beyond a sprain. That is a tear. Right. But Got it also it. includes a minor tear. So Aaron Judge, and what it was is because he was talking to the media and he said something about how like how many of you in this room have ever had a ligament tear? And everybody was like, wait, hold on, what? You say what now? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think what it was is that he was using language that has been used with him as far as an understanding of what exactly he's dealing with. And I think people forget that a sprain can include a ligament tear. Yeah. Right. So, but the problem is, is that, um, a bruised toe heals a whole lot faster than a torn ligament does. No doubt. That's why, that is why it's taking so much longer because like I said, it's easy for get, it's easy to forget that a sprain is a partially torn ligament. Yeah. Because one is way more severe sounding than the other. <laughs> That's right. Aaron Boone is saying that there's a chance he could still come back, but he's not going to guarantee anything. Uh, the question then remains, what in the world does this mean for the Yankees? Let's war game if the if he's done. Like That's what I want to know first, Brad. If he's done for the season, what does this mean for the Bombers? If he's done for the season, fortunately for them, it's before the trade deadline. So what they can do is they can make a move, right? Like they can be like, okay, we're not going to replace Aaron Judge because nobody can replace Aaron Judge. And anybody who can replace Aaron Judge is not going to be available for what we're willing to trade, right? But what they can do is I feel like they can bring in a guy who can be a legitimate, a legitimately serviceable offensive player. When they have they have pretty good, I feel like they have pretty good defensive players out there, right? The outfield isn't bad defensively now that Aaron Hicks is gone. No, it's it's horrible. Is it actually? Yeah. The, is the it because Bader are, can't stay healthy? Well, that's part of the problem because Bader's a terrific defensive right piece, and he's an amazing offensive piece. It's uh, it's the guys they've got platooning in and out of that outfield, especially in left field. 
when IKF is one of your most productive defensive outfielders and he's a true middle infielder, like that's a problem. That's true. That is a problem. You're right. That so, is a big time problem. Anyway. So here's, yeah, here's, I think I think that they will end up making a move for an outfielder though. Oh yeah. Do you so. think this excludes them from the playoffs potentially? If he's out for the season. I think it could. I mean, I, it's it's not unreal to think that because you look at the current playoff picture. Let me pull this up real quick. I've got it right now. Do you? Yeah. Hey. Right now so, they're in the sixth seed. So they're still in the playoff picture, though, right? Mm-hmm. So six of six, by the way, baseball family. Right. Yeah. Because the other team who's right behind them, the Angels. That's right. number five. Yeah. Oh, are they number five right now? The Angels are number five right now. It would go down to the wild card situation, which at this point stands. So hold on, Brig. What are you looking at right now? Because I have the Yankees at five and the Angels at. Oh, you're right. You're right. It switched. Okay. Switched on. So the Yankees are sitting at five. Houston is on the outside looking in, but the Angels are only half a game back behind them. And then another two games back behind them is Boston. And then another yeah, game and a half, you've got Seattle. So yeah. within five games of the third wild card spot, you have Houston, the Angels. I refuse to call them the LA Angels to this day, continually. Me too. Uh, then Boston, Seattle, and then Cleveland. All within yeah. five games. And yeah. so five games is not insurmountable by any of those any of those teams. Heck, Toronto, or not Detroit, but Detroit could go on a tear. They won't. It's but true. But they're only they eight could. and a half out. Right, right. They're not mathematically eliminated by any stretch. Yeah, so a lot can happen with 81 games left to go in the season. Because we've seen it happen the last three, four years. Every year it's happened. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So if they don't make the right move, they could find themselves on the outside looking in very easily. Um, if they do find the right guy, though, who knows? Maybe they'll catch the race. Not that far back. think so? <laughs> Hold on. If things click, if things click, I'm not saying they will, but I'm just saying that the Rays are not who we thought they were. That's true. That I agree with. They're not world beaters. They're catchable, no. and I think the Orioles are going to catch them. Yeah. You think so? I'll save that for my uh, second half meaningless All right, cool. But anyway. Because I, I feel the same so, way. What do All you right, think, cool. though, Brig? As the Yankee fan, the one who watches this team more, way more often than I do, like, what do you think could happen I, from I here think on out? I think I've made this clear before that Aaron Judge has is, is appears to be responsible for like 50 or more percent of the offensive production that the team has experienced up till now. And yeah, for whatever reason. It's insane and and it's not just that like you can look at it in terms of empirical data when he's playing versus when he's not, but it's also that the other guys around him seem to play better when he's there, and now they're playing poor, poorly right. without him there. They're and like, it's, what, like 28th or 29th in runs per game, and I want to say last in Major League Baseball in OPS when he's not playing. That's right. Crazy. Yeah, but their bullpen is fantastic when it's clicking. So it's not, all is not lost, but we need... The pr- here's the problem, man, and I, I think I said this last time, is the big boys have to come in and do their job, and they're not they're not DJ LeMahieu, 
slumping, maybe injured. Yeah. Nobody said he's injured but me, but he's slumping. Um, Big G, ugh. He, <laughs> just wait. I'll save it. But there's some stuff that needs to freaking happen, and it's got to be in terms of offensive production and minimizing defensive liability, specifically in the outfield. Okay. All right. All right we can let's get move a little on. more into it even uh, later on. So We're going to do that. Anyway. All right. The London series. London series happened over the weekend. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt became the first player to play a regular season game in five countries. The uh, He's been in the U.S., Canada, Japan, Mexico, and now England. I think that the previous record was four. Was it Randy Rosarina who previously held the record at four? I can't remember. I know that Xander Bogarts homered in five oh, countries, right? Is that what it was? That must have been what it was. I'm remembering now. Yeah. But I guess maybe it was four countries with Xander Bogarts. Because if, I think it was four <laughs> countries. The, yeah, because if Goldie's first got to play at five, it would have been Xander Bogarts before. But yeah, I think it's yeah he was the first to homer in four is what it was. Uh, the Cubs won game one. Cards won game two. Um, was it? It's seven what? to five in game two. Is nine to one in game one. Right. Seven to five in game two. I don't feel like there were nearly as many homers as last time. Actually, no. It's not that I don't feel like it. there wasn't. No, there wasn't. Um, the but second it was game, a ton of runs. Still. Yeah, the thing that's funny that I find funny about that is like the old the old adage is well pitching travels apparently not across the pond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that because... was my question. Like, what's happening? Is this a jet lag situation? And how and why, if that's the case, is it only accounting for half of the team's capabilities? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I I'm not sure what it is, but it's weird that for some reason guys can't pitch because there were only three um, there were only three home runs in between the two games, and those were in the first game. Now, is that because neither team is, you know, touting a ton of pop right now? Like, there's not – I can't think of any real bangers on either team. Well, I would have expected Goldie to go yard at least once while he's there, but he didn't. Mm, yeah. You know. But, anyway, that's yeah, interesting. It could be. The, do you think be, this is good for the game or not? This is the thing that's really interesting about it is that like, yes, it's good to like go international with these games and get the international exposure and for people in other countries to see major league baseball in town. Right. The problem is I was reading an article about this before. It said that in 2019, the first time they did this, the majority of people who went to the game were um, expats mm -hmm. service members. Yep, U.S. military and people who came from the States across to, to watch the it. game. Right. Very little local Brits came to the game. And it's like, mm. that's who this is for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's because, like in this case, Cardinals fans and Cubs fans are like, we'll travel to the moon for baseball. Right? Same thing with, same thing with the Yankees and Red Sox fans. We'll travel to the moon for baseball. Totally. And I'm not saying, like, send a team that – isn't going to travel because you're going to have a group of people for any team who are going to travel who go totally. to the moon to watch a team play baseball. But maybe what you need to do is limit ticket sales to a certain point to the UK. Be like, mm. okay, we want 
to sell as many tickets as we can in the UK before they go on sale in the US. And yes, I know you can get a VPN, you can spoof it, and you can be buying from anywhere. I understand that. But still, make people jump through the hoops and go through the effort if that's what they want to do. Don't go, okay, tickets are all on sale for worldwide. Everybody can get a Maybe even limit it to like, people in the US can't buy tickets (laughs) until a certain day. Right. You know? Yeah. Because you want to get the international audience there. And then there's you could do price incentives as well, right? If it, it's cheaper, if you live there, if you're locals right. only prices, you see that yeah. at restaurants all the time. Locals only menus, locals only prices. Disneyland, man. Yeah, exactly. You could do that in, in these international series, and I think it would work just fine. But I agree they with you. Should. I think it definitely is good for the game, um, but it, we need we need to see more effort on the part of the organization to make it accessible. And not just uh, not just a pageant, because I guess. you know those tickets are ridiculously expensive, right? And it's just not the and, same. And they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be for the locals. No. It needs to be accessible. And yeah, it's you're you're right. It's a pageant. It's not. It's not outreach. It's just it's just a show, and it shouldn't be. It should be no, a whole lot more than that. And it really bums me out. Me too. Let's talk about something that is not bumming us out, though. Ellie De La Cruz hits for the cycle Friday night. His 15th career game with the Reds. Far, far as we're concerned, it's his 15th career game ever, by the way, in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, the Reds came back against the Braves in this one, which was even – it just sweetened the deal even better for Cincy fans uh, because the Braves mm-hmm. are beaters right now. They are just – yeah. They're an incredibly well-rounded ball club, and they have got it going all the way on. So for them to be, you know. This is the thing that, like, this whole series all weekend, like the Braves would jump out to a pretty big lead, you know, early on because that's kind of what they do. But then the Reds would come back and make it a game. They came back and won game one, and then they lost game two and three by one run each. Right, and, and they were tight. I think, yeah, I think that said a lot about the Reds. That not only are they good, but they fight. They really yeah. fight hard, and, and they're having did you, fun. Did you see the text I sent you after this game? The picture I sent you, the screenshot. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, so that was, uh, yeah, that was off of uh, the Jonathan India single that uh, tied the game. Yeah, that I was like. Pretty pumped about, pretty pumped for the Reds. Pretty pumped yeah. about winning. So yeah, super cool. Anyway, Brad's investments are going very well right now. Yeah, I'm Good buying ball. in the Reds. Are you buying in on the Reds, Brick? Yeah, yeah, I am. They're legit. That was their twelfth in a row, which hasn't been done since eighteen. You know, eighteen. So I think the yeah, last think time the won. Reds won twelve won. in a row, the British burned down the capital. So <laughs> I think that they beat the uh, Yonkers batsman for that 12th win, I think is what happened. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, they did lose Saturday that ended the streak. Brad already told you about that. But yes, I'm buying in on the Reds. I'm very excited about them. And very hope excited. to see. Very excited. Super nice. Loving it. Loving it so much. And I love that they are firmly in that leadership role in their division and and if the season ended today, they'd go to the playoffs. That's awesome yep. for them. Amazing. Now, let's move on because I called this one. You did. Spot and on. I'm really, I'm I'm super upset that I was right. 
<laughs> which I don't say very often, but this is so disappointing. The Friars lost the series to the Nationals two games to one. The Padres have no business losing a series to Washington. They just don't. Xander Bogarts is not happy. And how could he possibly For good be reason. Happy? He shouldn't be. He says, come on, man, we're playing the Nationals. I don't think they have playoff aspirations. They obviously have a young team, and they fight. They do fight. But I wouldn't say anyone picked the Nationals to be in the playoffs. So you have to beat the teams that you have to beat. Duh. We say it all the okay. time, though, that That's right. you've got you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, that you can only beat who's in front of you. And I know a lot of team, people are like, oh, well, look who they beat. Yeah, they're supposed to beat those teams. But the Padres aren't even doing that these days. No, they're not. No, they're not. So the Nationals are 30 and 47. And that puts them firmly in the poop tier, by the way. The Padres are 37 and 41. They're the third highest payroll in Major League Baseball. And right now, they're acting like they belong in the poop tier as well. <laughs> they really are. And I don't get it. I, I It's so upsetting. So, okay, Brad, here the, the question is, how long do you wait to start shipping guys out of there and selling them off? It's got to happen soon, I would think. It's like, because... We talked about the whole Bally thing, or I talked about the whole Bally thing while you were gone a couple weeks ago. You did. About yeah, how yeah. they're not getting money because Bally's going bankrupt. And so they don't have a lot of the money coming in that I'm sure that they were expecting to help with payroll this year. So it's like, well, we don't have the money we thought we were going to have. Um, we are a small market team, and this team is underperforming. What do we do? You've got to get rid of guys. You've got a month almost a month before the trade deadline comes and you yep. would have people lining up at your door to take any of those guys off your hands. Get rid of Juan Soto because you're going to have to pay him a couple years in a couple years. And he's come back to being somewhat of the former Juan Soto. Closer, closer. So yeah. closer. Yeah. He's an easy guy to get rid of. He has a lot of trade value and he's going to bring a lot of stuff back to you um, because people are not going to be worried about his current contract. Um, nope. I think you, you got to figure out a way to maybe move, move Jake Cronenworth. Dude, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That is a sting, but it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. I also I mean, it's think the only way it's the only way you can keep Machado and Tatis. And I think even with the issues that, Tata, that Tatis has brought the last couple of years, you've got to keep him around because he moves the needle. You got to. Well, and he sells sells tickets, right? Well, so. yeah, yeah. That's the that's the needle that he moves. Is the yeah, that's the one. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Machado, I wasn't going to be there talking about the forever. other needle. <laughs> yeah, no. Which the the syringe? Are you talking about the hypodermic yeah. needle? Yeah. Ah! Oh, he moves the needle. <laughs> oh man. That was Ooh. not that pun was not intended. That was a happy accident. <laughs> that was. I don't care what you call it. It was magnificent. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll get into who they should trade off and, and, and what they should do later, but I'm with you. Fire sale begins. Wait for it now. Okay. The angels totally took a wrecking ball to the Rockies on Saturday night. They put up 25 yeah. runs and 
somehow didn't shut out the Rocks. The Rocks came back with one run after a 23-0 lead in uh, four innings of play. And uh, this was astonishing. 25 runs sets a new franchise record for the Angels. And if, they, if you're curious, the modern-day record for most runs scored in a game is 30. The Rangers did it versus Baltimore August 2007. The final score of that game was 30-3. to The Rangers scored all 30 after going down 3-0 in the first three innings. I thought that was amazing. So That's funny. 30 amazing. unanswered runs. How does that happen in life? I don't know. I have no I idea. <laughs> and, and in only seven innings. That's a lot of <laughs> offensive production. Six Or innings. six. Sorry, six <laughs> yeah. innings. Yeah, sorry. I can yeah. math right now. It's fine. <laughs> the all-time record, if you're wondering, by Chicago Colts. The Chicago Colts beat the Louisville Colonels 36-7 to in June of 1897. Barry McCormick went 6-for-6 six six with a home run, and he only hit two home runs that year, by the way. That's a fun <laughs> fact for you. In 1897, so Barry McCormick only hit two home runs, and one of them was on the day that they beat everybody 36-7. to <laughs> Okay, a couple other details about the series in in uh, Denver. The uh, Otani went one for seven on that day on Saturday. On that the day, day that I said okay, he was going to hit Saturday. a homer, went yeah. one for seven. Was pretty much the only guy on the team to not hit a homer. <laughs> and you bet on him to do it. <laughs> I did. Yeah, he hit one the day before. And, right. Uh, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> here's the here's the best part for me, and that's why I got distracted on the last bullet point because this is this is just baseball family i want to know what you think of this after all of that the angels lost the series the rockies went on they won the series they bounced back on sunday i mean come on this is abysmal it's baseball season it's not just baseball susan brad this is so embarrassing that they can so, put up historic numbers and still be so Ugh. I joke sometimes when I see like the if the Mariners come out like come out and they score like ten runs in the first like two three innings, right? I I'm always like okay, put those bats away, yeah. And get out your next in line because every bat only has a certain number of hits in it, right? So <laughs> I wonder if they just kept using the same bats. Mike Trout only got three at bats in that game, by the way. Hmm. But like put those bats away get the new ones and they didn't do that they kept using the same bats over and over again they pounded out i think it was like 27 <laughs> hits they didn't have any for the next day yeah only got so many so this begs the questions kind of flying around and i know brad wants an answer to this should major league baseball have any kind of mercy rule to help save pitchers and their arms in situations like this where resistance seems to be futile once a team puts up 20. <laughs> yeah, it was 23 to zero after like three yeah. innings. Yeah. You know, here's the so, problem with a mercy rule. Well, there's a lot of problems with a mercy rule, but one of them comes down to fan experience. I don't care if you're not, what are you going to refund the tickets? What are you going to prorate the tickets for the seven innings you didn't get? You know, like, you can't, what are you going to do? Because you so, can't cheap the fans out of their. Purchase. So you're not. So this is what I think. You're not cheating anybody out of a out of a fan experience. You go. You've got to go at least seven. You've got okay. to play them. Okay. You because right. if it's twenty three to zero after three. Granted, the chances of coming back are like next to none. But they but exist. it's baseball. 
They right. exist. They always yeah. exist. There's right. always a chance. It's like, hey, they put up 23 in three innings. Yeah, that means we have six more innings to put up 23. Let's that's get right. to it. You know, I've been on a team that's done that before. Granted, it was high school summer league baseball and pitching is optional. But at the same time, <laughs> though, like if they did it, you can do it. Sure. You know, so yeah. this, so this is the thing. Like you've got to you've got to play so many. You can't just like have a drop dead differential, right? Yeah. The World Baseball Classic is 15 runs after five, 10 runs after seven. I think yeah. if you go 15 runs after seven, I don't think anybody's going to have any hard feelings about that. Um, and I, I know, like I was listening to Samson today, he was talking about how the um, the players union won't even listen to a mercy rule because they want to have, have the opportunity to pad their stats. Of course. And he's like, but we know. We know. He's like, if you're hitting a grand slam off a position player in the ninth inning, he's like, we're not even going to count that towards A, you getting paid, or B, signing you as a, as a free agent. Like, that has zero... that zero like accounts for nothing so mm. i don't feel like you can really argue that a whole lot but i think if where the argument comes in is that you don't want to throw a position player out there in the ninth you would prefer not to everybody would prefer not to right and if you're using all if you're using your bullpen through the eighth inning you're burning up arms for the next couple days at you least. don't want to do that so at the very least you're only throwing your bullpen through the sixth if you want to throw a position player out there in the seventh, that's fine, right? Yeah. But you're saving your pitchers for two innings by cutting it off at the seventh. And like I said, I feel like I feel like 15 runs after seven is enough where you're like, okay, they're not going to come back, and it's it's insurmountable. Um, and I don't feel like the fans are getting robbed at all either at that point because like you and I, we were at a game that where there was a mercy rule. World Baseball yep. Classic, U.S. against yeah. Canada. We got our money's worth the first two innings. I was thrilled. That's right? true. That's and by true. the time it got to the, got to be the seventh inning, we were we were in our seats for literally three outs. The yeah. top of the seventh inning, we were in our seats, and it was like, oh shoot, game's over. Well, okay, yeah. we left. I wasn't upset at all. Nah, I wasn't you either. Know? Actually, because I got to be honest with you, though, it was an exhibition match, and I think that's what was that's what's different. The purist in me sort of rankles at the like, I don't like it. Yeah. And I and I can see that, but I, I do feel like at the same time, though, how many people are going to leave six, fifth, sixth, seventh, maybe eighth inning if their team is down fifteen runs? How many people are leaving anyway? A certain percentage are already leaving anyway. That's a, lar- a, a large percentage will be out the That's door because they want to beat traffic and they don't want to sit around and watch their team get beat. Or That's even true. if your team is up by fifteen, you're like, well, let's beat traffic. This one's in hand. Let's get out of here. Right? There is a certain segment of the population who will do that. Not yeah. me personally. Right. I don't leave. The money's worth. Yeah. But if they tell me the game is over, I'll leave. Yeah. And I'll be okay. That's fine. I got to see lots and lots of offense today. No big deal. Yeah. I got to see 15 runs at least. I I can see this change coming over the next, I don't know, 10 years. Sometime in the next 10 years, I can see it coming. However, I still hate it. The end. I know why it's a good idea, (laughs) but I I don't think I'm just not there. I'm just, you know what else you hated, breaking it. Yes, I know. All of the all of it. Pitch (laughs) clock, robot umpires, friggin' mound visit thing. I hated all the changes. So far, they've all been great. Around and we'll see what you think about it. That's right. (laughs) Tell us about fantasy updates, Brad, really quick. All right, let's get into fantasy. Okay, so this is our week twelve update. 
Um, Brig, we're going to start with you. Oh, boy. Brigger oh, Mortis man. went up against Denise, the North Chicago Baseball Together podcast host. She is Grace Under Fire, and she eked one out here. 514 to 5.03. Her top performer, once again, was Frederick Freeman. Brig, yours was Luis Arias. He's got to be, like, killing it for you. Hitting He's 400. for me. I got to be honest with you. I was at a concert on Saturday night. And totally forgot to update my pitching roster for Sunday, and I left 15 points on the board. That sucks. That's what would have done it. And I got to be honest, I'm not sad because I had a better time than my fantasy team did. But <laughs> it was, it was, it was like this once in a lifetime opportunity for me that I will never ever regret missing whatever I missed for it, and that was one right. of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame anyway, you. I've been there. But that's why I lost. <laughs> right, our, is why I lost. And then our, uh, <laughs> our, uh, our next matchup was not another fantasy team. That's Jason. He is a co-host of the Philly Baseball Together podcast against Devastation Incorporated. That is Mike, our listener participant. Mike won that one 583 to 455. His top performer was Matt Olson, who was crushing the ball this weekend. He had like three home runs against the Reds, and they needed every single one of them. And then... Uh, Jason's top performer was Nathaniel Lowe with 73 points. Our next matchup, we have Big League Chupacabra. That is Jewel, the uh, my co-host from the Seattle Baseball Together podcast. And then Burns Turner Overdrive, that is Tori, uh, Jason's co-host. Jewel won this one 642 to 567. He was the high scorer of the week, which I kind of expect every week based on his record anyway. No kidding, yeah. His top scorer, believe it or not, Brig, was Jake Cronenworth with 72 points. Wow. And uh, and Tories was Christian Walker with 82 points. He was the top performer of the entire week, Christian Walker. Christian Walker was. He's having a year, man. He's he's having a really good year this year. That's amazing. Um, then the last one, that was me, Julio Think You Are, against Harrisburg Charlies. That is John. Um I won this one 416 to 304. Yeah, My top did. performer was Cattell Marte with 65 points. His was Vlad Guerrero Jr. the third with 81 points. Um, I would not have beat anybody else this week. <laughs> not at all. Nope. But so, you just got there. That's yep, very that's exciting. right. I don't have to change my team name yet. So well, there we go. We were all excited for you to change your team name, but you know what? I guess you're just gonna have to wait. Baseball family, before we take a break, uh, I got to let you know a couple things. When we come back, we are going to talk about teams that should be buying and selling across both American and National Leagues. But before we go, I don't know if you've noticed, but we always ask what you think about the topics that we bring up on the show, right? Now there is a really quick, really easy way to share your thoughts with us. We've partnered with Versus Game to bring you games where you can make money, from participating in polls and in trivia, which is what we love to do anyway. So if you're on the winning side of a poll or a trivia question that you get right, then you can win real dollar bills. That's real money. Actual dollar bills. Correct. You can play for free on the app, or you can buy tickets in bundles, uh, and you can play against other players, including us, if you would like, um, and other versus game users. So head over to btpod dot on versus.com on your mobile browser that lets you sign up 
uh, and you can play our polls and other people's polls, but you can play ours in our trivia games. That's btpod.onversus.com. Sign up and play versus games with us. And with that, we're going to take a break. When we get back, let's talk trades. Welcome back, baseball family. Here we are. We're going to get into who we think should be buying or selling before the trade deadline. We are at exactly the halfway point. Um, most teams have played 81 games. I'm sure there's a couple who have played less, maybe a couple have played more. But we're at halfway point, so we thought this would be a good time to do this. About a month away from the trade deadline. Hopefully, we're really hoping that pretty soon we're going to see a lot more movement as far as trades go because we saw one the other day where um, – the Rockies traded Mike Moustakas after that blowout. They're kind of, I wonder if they're like, eh, he's not helping us at all. It's, yeah. See ya. <laughs> so we saw that trade. We saw the Mets move um, Escobar, I believe it was, to the Angels yeah. as well. So I'm fascinated to see what some of these teams do. So Brig and I are going to decide whether we think they should be buying or selling as the trade deadline approaches. We're going to start as we always do in the American League East, and we will work our way west, and then we'll get to the National League, we'll do the same. So, Brig, let's talk okay. about the Rays first things first. Um, they are 54-27 and 27 going into Monday. All this information is going into Monday. 5-5 five and five in their last 10, 29-16 against teams above 500, and they're leading the division by four and a half games. Yeah. Are you buying or selling uh, if you're the Rays? I'm buying. What kind of move do you think the Rays need to make? They need they need some pitching depth. And I don't know if it needs to be in starting rotation or the or in the bullpen, but I feel like it's in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. But a little bit of offensive pop wouldn't hurt either um, on the days where other guys need a break or they are having a rough go. Or they've been sat down like because that. they're being a bad teammate. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. going to hear me say relief pitching is going to be a big deal and starting pitching is going to be a big deal because I feel like the really solid pitchers are spread out pretty wide up, across the league right now. And so as we see the two sort of playoff bound versus playoff unhopefuls kind of fracture and split more and more, which is rapidly approaching, um, then we're going to we're going to see teams that just need to let go of some of their pitchers because other teams going to need them. So I'm going to say that a lot tonight. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Honestly, if I'm the Rays, if I have the option, like I I feel like I'm holding. I know that I said this team has its issues, but at the same time, though, those issues have not come up too much this year. Every once in a while, I get Jose Siri who drops a routine fly ball. Um, Yeah, that's true. I think I think overall they're that team is put together put together really well. And yeah, I think I think you're right though. Maybe you trade for one, maybe you trade for an outfielder who you can yeah. put to offensively. Yeah. Okay, but a couple of trade targets I see potentially for uh the Rays in the pitching arena would be um like Michael Lorenzen from Detroit would be Ooh. an example. Because Detroit, they're not going anywhere. Right. Um, Cleveland has a couple of pitchers that they, depending on how they decide to play this, whether they're going to buy or sell it toward the deadline, they've got some pitching like Shane Bieber. They could offload Shane Bieber. They could offload 
Um, Eli Morgan is, I think that's the other guy I was thinking of. They could offload some of these guys that would really benefit a bunch of other teams. It's just going to depend on whether Cleveland's baseball club is going to want to play ball or not. Yeah, I think you're right. That's those are excellent points. We could see we could see that from them. Okay, let's move on to the Orioles. 47 and 29, 5 and 5 in our last 10, 23 and 19 against teams over 500. Second in the division, four and a half games back. You buying or selling if you're the Orioles. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what you got to do. I'm buying. Right? Yeah, I'm absolutely buying. buying. Yeah. And I th- and for you, me as What are you going to try and buy? I got to try to get one more starting pitcher if I'm the Orioles. Yeah. You can't have Cole Urban trotting out there and trying to win a series with him or yeah. uh, even trying to have him win a crucial game down the stretch cuz it's not happening. I agree. I'd like to so, also see one bat. One more utility bat would be really nice to see, but that would be easily my second priority right now. I, you, you have to get another solid starter and I'll go back. Shane Bieber, uh, Giolito's available. I'm not sure he's the best option, uh, but he could be available. Um, probably will be, you could pick up Corbin Burns. If the Brewers might get rid of him. The thing is the Brewers are in a weak division, so I don't know if they're going to be getting rid of anybody. I know. But I don't know. I mean, he's, it, he's getting close to hitting free agency, so they I don't know if they're going to want to pay him because they wouldn't even guys, pay him in arbitration, so. That's true. There's guys all over the place that you could pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so if you're Baltimore, you're buying. Yep. No questions asked. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the Yankees. We talked a little bit about this. 43 and 35 going into Monday. 4 and 6 in the last 10, 28 and 27 against teams with a record over 500. Nine and a half games back in the division for third place, but they're half a game up on the wild card. With Aaron Judge out, potentially at least extended or the rest of the year, we buy and are selling. You're doing both, Brad. Hmm. So I've, I've seen a lot of talk about this, that you a, a buy, a buy, sell trade yeah. where you're selling on this year, but you're buying for next year. Is that what you're doing this year? With no, the okay. no. I think you're selling off the guys that aren't working and you lose a little bit of farm value in the process to bring in contenders because I think this team has what it takes and we're going to know if you give them six weeks to mesh. I, I At least you have. you. But at this point, coming up to the deadline, depending on what moves they make, we'll know if they want to play or not. We just will. Right. If they keep Josh Donaldson on the active roster, we'll know that they don't want to play ball. <laughs> but they just had a meeting with Aaron Boone. Donaldson had a meeting with Aaron Boone, and they came out patting each other on the back apparently and saying he's going to play a lot. What? Why? <laughs> why? Because you, you know, can't increase other... a guy's trade value if he's sitting on the bench. That's exactly why. That is exactly <laughs> why. You know who else needs to go is Big G. Get John Carlos Stanton out of there because he's clearly not capable of doing this. I know it's going to somebody's going to have to pick up a big bill for that or the Yankees are going to have to eat part of his salary or all of it to get him out of there. But what if they can offload part of his salary and get him out? I think two things are going to happen. One, it'll bring in a, a slot and some value to play with on the Yankee side. And two, 
it, he is going to come alive somewhere else. Something about the Yankees club is not working systemically. I don't know what it's, it is. It's a lot of pressure to play in New York, and and not everybody can do it. The fact, right? Like, I, I feel like that's one place that Derek Jeter gets a lot of credit is the fact that he's able to play at such a high level for so long in New York, yeah. despite yeah. anything and everything. So Stanton has five more years on a con on his contract. Yeah. Two of those, um, two of those years are going to be paid mostly by the Marlins, and then there's an option left uh, after 2028. So he, I think he's. It looks like so. If he's smart, he bails uh, at the first opportunity because he's going to be happier and he's going to play better elsewhere. I just get that sense at this point. Um, and then the the Yankees have got to pick up some starting pitching opportunities. Their depth in the bullpen is fine. They need they need defense and offensive help so bad. The outfield is in shambles. Um, and if they're not gonna pick up, you know, the the right pieces for a push through the postseason, then they you gotta bring up the young guys and start letting them tinker. You have to. So you think if the, if they don't make any moves like any moves at all going into the trade deadline, you think that it's going to be September call-ups? Maybe There's not even September, maybe August. Like, really let the kids tinker. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're not going to make any big moves, all you're going to be doing is being a thorn in everybody else's side. They're going to make the playoffs. If, they, if things, hopefully they'll make the playoffs, I guess. I don't know that they're going to at this point. It doesn't look any clear. Anyway, I could go on and on. I think you Four buy. Six in the last ten doesn't look like you're heading the right direction. <laughs> no, you buy and sell, and depending on the moves, you you know it'll tell the fan base what you what you're thinking. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the Blue Jays. Okay. Forty three and thirty six, five and five in their last ten, twenty four and thirty against teams with a record over five hundred. Ten games back in the division for fourth place. Sitting in that last wild card spot, zero games back at the wild card. What are you doing if you're the Blue Jays buying or selling? I mean, I think that honestly, everybody in the AL East, because of where they're sitting in the playoff race and the wild card race, they can all buy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they can all buy. I think we can say that safely with the Blue Jays. So what what kind of move are you thinking with the Blue Jays though? This is another one where I'm get you gotta offload some talent to bring in some different pieces that may be a little more fresh. That's the that's the problem. I think you get rid of Heineman at the catcher spot. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you and you think about getting rid of Alec Manoa as well. Uh, he's not. He you can't move him. Nobody's going to take him. He's down in the Florida Complex League still. Okay. Well, see there you go. He's useless. I was right. Um, <laughs> so how rate, about this? Though, how about this? What if you've got you've got a pretty stacked outfield? Totally. What if Kevin Kiermeyer is your trade piece to bring in sure. a pitcher? Sure. Because I think there are a lot of teams that would take him as as a, as far as like a, a DH even or an outfielder, right? Yeah. Definitely the bat. Totally. Yeah. And would and would give up a really good pitcher for it. You know. I agree. So I wonder if he's your trade piece. And who who has the need with the goods to to swap? Um, Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seattle really does. Um, 
I, I want to say Cleveland might fit that category as well. I know the White yeah. Sox do. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll get there in a little bit, but I don't know that that's necessarily a move the White Sox would make. Maybe Cleveland, if they feel like they, if they feel like Kiermaier put them over the top, right, to really contend with the Twins, I think they would do it. Yeah, um, but they love their pitchers, and I, I, th- I mean, you could probably get Bieber. Yeah, you could probably get Bieber, but that's like it, you know. And not, I'm not like thumbing my nose at Bieber or anything, but you're definitely this not going to be the easiest one to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Red Sox, 40 and 39, 6 and 4 in their last 10, 28 and 24 against teams with a winning record, 13 games back in the division that puts them in last place despite being over 500, and three games back in the wild card. You're buying because you're contending in the wild card. I don't even know what to do with this team, though, to be honest with you. I don't either. Because, because to me, it's, it's what are you, what are we playing for today, or are we, are we going to? make a good shot at tomorrow that's the real question yeah well and um, it, it to me it, it's it's like okay you need a shortstop but you need a shortstop yeah. this year you don't need one next year right and so you bring in a shortstop you can move kk hernandez to his natural position in the outfield where he's more way more effective and then he can yep. be better okay but now you've got some issues with pitching like right big ones you know, and i don't big feel like ones. they're in a position where yeah and i don't feel like they're in a position where it makes sense to sell even though they're probably not going to make the playoffs but they're in the thick of it yeah that's it's why so it's weird confusing. they're such a weird team everything's crazy oh, right man. now and in any other division we would be having a different conversation yeah exactly exactly right. i don't Could know you imagine if they were in the al central oh we just be like hold <laughs> not going yeah. anywhere but hold don't, don't do anything <laughs> it's gonna be fine yeah gonna that win would the division be crazy gonna make the playoffs every year it's gonna be just fine <laughs> hold steady because it's working well enough. it's working yeah that's the problem is what they got going on is working it's just not working fast enough and it gets everybody else it's just because of the division. Yep. Anyway, all right. Yeah, what do you is. think? You could think the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do with them. It's confusing. Um, I, I don't think you can sell just because you've got the good pieces for next year when you're not dealing with with injuries. And yes. Then, but you have. I mean, Devers. I guess he just signed a long term deal, so he's he did. Be he's there forever. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So just just hold, hold, and play yeah. for next year. That's what yeah, you that's do what I say. Red Sox. Yeah. Okay, on to the AL Central. The Twinkies, the Twins, 40 wow. and 39. Finally back up over 500. Five and five in their last 10. 20 and 23 against teams with a record over 500, leading the division yep. by two games. What should the Twins be doing? Do they need to buy, sell, or we'll just add hold in there, Brig? Do, we, do the Twins buy, sell, or hold? They buy. What are they buying? They're buying a first baseman, and if they can get an outfield slash DH option, they do that. And it it might be one or the other, but if you can do both, you're going to be in better shape. Where did Joey Gallo go? That's the real question. Because Joey Gallo was doing fine, and then he slumped or got hurt. What? I don't even know what happened. And then it was all of a sudden just no more Joey Gallo. No more Joey you Gallo. Know- you know who you know who the twins need to bring it bring back, and it's back. I feel I feel really funny saying this, um, because at least once a week in our little text feed, Jewel tells me 
The Mariners need to bring back Nelson Cruz. Like, oh, Nelly they Cruz. Don't, they don't need no. to bring him back. But you know who no. does is the Twins. He could really help. The Twins could use him. Yeah, he really could. Um, there's another first baseman available. Let me see if I can figure out who it is. Because you you put him in that DH slot and you're you're good to go. And yeah. I know like things have not gone super well in San Diego, but they're no. not going super well for anybody right now. So you give him a change of scenery, get him back somewhere where he was played played pretty well yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. That's a great choice. And I think you'd be all right. I don't hate that. And they're going to have to give up everything. a whole lot for him either. Nah, yeah. That's great. Oh, man. All right. Okay. Ready to move on to Cleveland? I am. On to Cleveland. Okay. They are 37 and 40, 6 and 4 in their last 10, 18 and 19 against uh, teams of the winning record. Two games back in the division in second place, five games back in the wild card. Wild card is probably not going to happen for anybody in this division. They're going to have to shoot for the. They're going to have to shoot for the division title to make yep. the playoffs. Yeah. So if you're Cleveland, are you buying or selling? Well, I don't know. Because if you're gonna buy, what are you gonna buy? Right. And what are you gonna buy and with? If, and if you're gonna, if you're gonna trade for pieces. The only thing people want from Cleveland right now is their pitching. And they're not really going to part with Cal Quantrill, but they might do it with Shane Bieber. And so it's like, uh, what are you giving up? Are you? And I feel, it feels like Robin Peter to pay Paul. And I don't think it, they want to do that. That's exactly what it is. I don't think they want to either. Um, honestly, I feel like they're going to sell. I think so too, but I, I think don't... that that's what they're going to do. They're not going to, yeah. they're going to, they're going to keep Tristan McKenzie and they're going to keep Cal Quantrill and they're going to build around those guys. I well, think that they'll the... probably keep, um, they'll probably keep Josh Naylor around. Probably. I think they like him. Um, but other than that, I think that they're just going to be like, you know what? This year did not go as planned. I think that team peaked last year and we got to give it another go another way. I think that's what's going to end up happening with them. And I think it makes sense to do that because that team offensively is just flat-out anemic. They've relied way too much on their pitching, and they, they're going to have to take a different approach because like, their pitching is pretty good, but it's not that good, right? Or else they'll be better. Well, and don't forget about Stephen Kwan as a piece to build around. He's, right, yes. He's another guy he you can't lose. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. Fascinating. Let's talk about Detroit, though. Okay. 33 and 43, six and four in their last 10. Look out. <laughs> but they're 14 and 19 against teams with a record over 500. And uh, five and five, or five and a half games back, five and five, five and a half games back in the division, eight and a half games back in the wild card. What are you doing with the Tigers? Sell. Sell. Yeah. Sell, sell, sell. And they, I know they've got pieces they could move, but the one that I'm most interested in is Eduardo Rodriguez. He's a starting pitcher for them. Because mm -hmm. um, pitching pitching's where you got to have everybody's going to want pitching. So, Right. Pitching's what wins, so everybody's going to want it. Yeah, sure. I think you're absolutely right. There's yeah, probably that's more, the move. But he's the guy. That's, that's the move right there. That's the guy yeah. who you sell off and you bring back. You bring back several farmhands, and, and those guys are correct part of your future. Yeah. Okay, White Sox, 34 and 45, 
four and six in the last 10, 20 and 33 against teams with a winning record, six games back in the division for fourth place. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Royals. So this is it for the AL Central. Uh, nine games back in the wild card. Buying or selling is the White Sox. I think no. it's pretty clear they're going to be selling. Sell they're going to be selling off Giolito, probably Tim Anderson. Those guys have expiring contracts. They're going to be giving yep. somebody a rental. Um, yep. and they're going to get a pretty good haul back from Lance wherever Lynn, they go. Yasmani Grandal, uh, Kopech, Middleton, Graveman. They got a lot of pieces they can move that a lot of teams are going to want. The yeah. funny thing is, is that we, and we've been saying this forever, the White Sox, they should not be bad. They no. certainly should not be this bad. Um, and there's some, there's got to be a chemistry thing or a clubhouse thing. Or so, I don't know what's going on, but maybe it's developmental on the coaching staff. Something's crazy, but it's, it could be a terrific situation for the rest of the league and thereby for the White Sox if they play this the right way. Right. Yeah, yeah, they could get set up solid for today. if they sold all those guys off. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even Joe Kelly, if they traded him off to somebody, because he's a solid arm in anybody's bullpen. So Every time. Yeah. I so I think what they do is they keep Eli Jimenez, they keep Luis Robert, and that's just about it. <laughs> Before we move on, I got to talk about the Royals. Okay. Just a little bit, because Scott Barlow – is another arm that people are going to pick up if they can. And Aroldis Chapman is back to 99 miles per hour. He does have some control issues. It goes a little skewy, screwy every <laughs> once in a while. And he, he's been walking dudes, but the uh, but but he's still got gas. And I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on another team heading that direction. Probably will. It sounds like they're not going to move Salvador Perez at all. He's sticking no, around. He's a lifer. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they're not moving him. But, yeah, you could see her all the Chapman end up with a contender. And Scott Barlow deserves to be playing for somebody Barlow. else. Yeah, I think you're right. Spot on. Okay, let's go to the AL West. Okay. Start with the Rangers, 47-35-5 and 35 and five in their last 10. 20-20 and 20 against teams of the winning record. Leading the division by five and a half games is all, Brig. Despite everybody else's struggles in this division, Five and a half game lead. What are you doing if you're the Rangers? You're calling Kansas City and you're picking up Scott Barlow Scott and Barlow. a Roldis Chapman. <laughs> That's what I you're doing. You're right. Because you don't need bats. You've got the nope. best offense in baseball. You, you don't, don't need bats. Any bats. Yep. And you don't necessarily like another starting rotator would be great. Like another arm in the rotation would be great. Because well, you don't have DeGrom. Yeah. And that's it, that's honestly, why. No, you know what you do? You go get Giolito. You go you go get a rental because you're gonna get DeGrom backs next year. You go get a rental. Bingo. Yep. Yeah. You go pick up Giolito or Lynn or one of these yep. other guys, and then you push a Roldis Chapman into like a high leverage middle relief situation. Don't let him I think he's your setup guy. Yeah, right? exactly. He's not your closer anymore. No, Don't I'm put him in closer. there. That's what you do. That's exactly what you do. I think you're Make spot your on. Yeah, go get it. Go get yourself a rental pitcher. The yeah. Astros, forty-two and thirty-six, three and seven in their last ten. Twenty and twenty-four against teams with a winning record. Five and a half back in the division for second place. Uh, they are a half a game up in the wild card. Um, what are you doing if you're the Astros here, Greg? Uh, analysis. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i have no idea 
I I think that they're in a good enough spot, but the problem is if you pull in first of all, you you got to get rid of uh Abreu. He is awful. So if you're going to sell anybody, it has to start with Abreu. And if not, if nobody will pick him up, that's fine. Just send him somewhere else. Put him at the spring training facility or make him a coach for a day or something. I don't care, but he can't be on the starting roster anymore. He's bad. Um, so who's going to play first at, base for you, though? I don't you gotta know. Go get a first that, baseman? You got to go get a first baseman if you're going to do that. And honestly, I don't know that they need disruption anywhere else on the roster. They need help, but they got to get rid of this dead weight first. So I, I'd get, I'd get rid of Abreu, bring in a first baseman from somewhere, um, or find a guy who used to play first base and see if it's gonna work. Because you got to do something, but they're, they're not broken, broken. That's the problem. Right there. Well, and the other thing too is like honestly, I would go get if I'm the Astros, I would go get Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, part, see, that's great. You've got to you've got to get a catcher who can hit because uh, Martin Maldonado has been a black hole on that lineup for years, and it's yeah. finally really having an impact. It is. So you, you're right. You've got to get another bat in that lineup. Um, somebody who somebody who can somebody can hit with guys on base, right? Just get a base hit. Just that's it, man. You're right. That being said, I hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. AL West. Anyway, okay. Let's move on to the Angels. 42 and 37, 4 and 6 in their last 10, despite a blowout win. 17 and 25 against teams with a winning record. Six games back in the division for third place. One game back in the wild card. What are the Angels going to do? The the problem is they're only one game back in the wild card. That's the problem. Because otherwise, if you just look at it clean, you just sell. You just are selling. But somehow the dice fell where they're this close and you can't throw Thanks in the to towel. Shohei you just can't. I, know. I don't know. I do not know what to do about Anaheim. I have no idea. So this is the thing that's funny is that um, I feel like Otani is playing to not have a reason to leave. Right? Like, like he's told him, like, give me a reason. Basically, told him, give me a reason not to leave. Make a playoff push. Make it competitive. Let's play competitive games down the stretch, so that I don't have a reason to leave. Well, nobody else has done it, but he sure is. He is, right? Yeah. And so, and they've dealt with some injuries. Neto is out. They're back to David Fletcher at shortstop, which That's is a not bummer. a great situation for them. There's a reason Neto is there. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. And I think I don't. I haven't seen. You know, you know who's out is um, what's his name. Uh, um, 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 he played for the Yankees, and he was in Minnesota, and now he's in Anaheim. Oh, uh, Urshela broke his Urshela fractured his pelvis. Yes, holy cow! So yeah. he's out. You it's know, and he was devastating. He was a valid was utility player, consistent. Really yeah. valuable for them. So yeah. I don't know if you need to go get just like another, just another infielder, just a guy who can play infield to help fill in some of those holes. Cause I don't know how long those guys are going to be out. And Rendon, you don't know if he's going to get hurt and not be able to play tomorrow, right. you know? So yeah. Yeah, 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 I think that, I think that's mostly what they need. I always talk about the angels pitching. The angels pitching has been mostly fine. 
this year. But you've got to get a, you've got to get a consistent bat because aside from Trout and Otani, there is no consistency in that offense. Absolutely. Well, zero. and between me, you, and the phone line, you do not want Trout to be your only offensive capable player going into the playoffs because he has momentitis. So don't let right. that be the case. Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. He can't, can't he can't carry that offense? Nope. I absolutely not agree in high you. leverage problems. Right. Yep. One hundred percent agree with you on that. Okay, let's go on and talk about my Mariners. Currently thirty-seven and thirty-nine, four and six in their last ten, fourteen and twenty-eight against teams over five hundred, nine and a half games back in the division, good enough for fourth place, only because the A's are there, and then uh, only four and a half games back in the wild card, which again is a problem because that's not it that is, far out. It's not. So before we get to me, Brig, what would you do with the Mariners? I'm buying. You're buying. Okay, what are you I'm doing? Buying. You're buying. I'm buying. Uh, you need a you need bats with pop is what you need. So yes, you need absolutely you do. You need a DH problem solver. Right. Cal Raleigh needs help behind the plate. Yep. Um, and if you can get, because I feel like the pitching's okay. It's not pitching's great. great. Pitching is great. Is it great? Because pitching I... is absolutely great. They have okay. one of the best pitching staffs in the in the league. In the last like two weeks, I don't think they've given up more than a, the starting pitchers have not given up more than a couple runs total. So is it the bullpen that struggles? What's the bullpen is shallow. There so you like you get like three days in a row out of them where it's like really really good, and then they're spent, and then you have a game where it's like, well, we're gonna lose because they're gonna give a bunch of runs late, right? You know, right? Because okay. this this is one of the problems the bullpen has. They're holding on to Chris Flexen for low leverage situations, but right. the fact that they're like, "This is our low leverage guy to come in and eat innings when the game is out of reach," you shouldn't have that guy on your roster. There's a yeah. reason teams have a position player who pitches in those spots. He is the team's position player who pitches, but he's a right. pitcher, and right. it's a problem. He shouldn't be there. Yeah, makes me crazy. So tell me what if somebody came to you and said, We want Marco Gonzalez, what would you do? Yes. That's what I would yes. say. I mean, part of it is he's hurt. Sure. So you can have him, right? But he's also he's he he doesn't have it anymore. Right. Okay. So like right. my dream scenario is Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen, and we'll say like I'm going to go ahead and just throw in Bryce Miller just because a team's going to want a great pitcher. And the Mariners have a bunch of them right now because they still have yeah. uh, Emerson Hancock and the Miners, who is like right up there with those guys as far right. as quality goes. So either Bryce Miller or Emerson Hancock goes with Flexen and Gonzalez over to like, I'm going to say St. Louis for Lars Newtbar, done deal, automatic. I would do just it Lars. Just Lars. Just because you need that bat so much. And that's yeah, a lot. That's a lot to give up, right? It is. But you're clearing out your position player pitching. You're clearing out Marco Gonzalez, who, and granted, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. He has had a lot of quality starts this year. Right. They're, they're so stressful. They're so stressful. There's a reason we okay. made the not sexy shirt last year because it's so stressful right. watching him. No, I know. I know. Yeah. And any, and any, any outing, he could just, he can implode and give up like eight in an inning, right? Because he's on the yeah. brink of it every single time. 
That so sucks. it's fine. So then you clear that spot and you bring up Emerson Hancock in the place of Bryce Miller. If you traded Bryce Miller or you keep Bryce Miller there, if you traded Emerson Hancock, you've already got your five man rotation because Marco Gonzalez has been injured. Yeah. And then that's true. you bring in Lars Newtbar, have him play right field, put Teoscar Hernandez at the DH position because he's a minus defensively, but he's coming around offensively. Okay. And Lars Newtbar, I feel like is, is a really good player who can take that spot and thrive offensively. That's my fix. What and about you've got, what, and you've got control? Yeah. What if what if you could pick up Juan Soto? Oh, um, there have been a lot of scenarios run through a text feed about that very move, yeah. Yeah. and a lot of them involve Emerson Hancock or Bryce Miller and or Bryce Miller, um, and throwing in. I mean, you got to throw in somebody who's really good. I mean, maybe yeah. you could probably send back Taylor Trammell. Okay. Um, you might be able to get maybe like, man, I, I don't want to say Jose Caballero just because he's been really good, but you might have to as part of that deal, you know? Yeah. I just so. think if the Padres are going to start selling and you need an outfield DH guy. And so here's pop. the thing too. If, if they're looking to clear money too, they could send, they could take Tom Murphy as well because they don't have a great everyday catcher. Tom Murphy is a yeah. better situation for them to work with their pitchers. Yeah. Um, and then he's going to be expiring as well. So then you've got money freed up. So, but I guess there you've you got go. Gray Sanchez who's been better, but anyway, it's, it's tough. It's not, I don't feel like it's an easy fix. So uh, we have to talk about Oakland. Okay. Oakland is going to be selling most likely. Yeah. They're going to be selling. And I think the two things I want to see them do is one, sell the team. And two, that. Be- before they do that, Jace Peterson has got to move somewhere else where he he's second base shortstop. He's that middle infield utility guy. There are teams like the Angels who need a middle infield utility type option um, to platoon around a little bit, and Jace could be a great option for them. I don't know that they'll do it yeah. inside the division, but it could happen. So Anybody needs a catcher, Langoliers is a good one with years yeah. of control too. That's true. He is a good one. Yeah. They keep yeah. saying they're never going to do anything with him, but it, it's too bad because yeah. he could really benefit from a move. He really could, right. just like John Murphy did. But yeah. Anyway. Should we take a quick Let's... break and come back and talk about National League? Let's do it. All right, baseball family, let's talk about the National League this time. <sighs> take a deep breath because it's going to come hard and fast. Got the National League East started first. The Braves. They are currently at 50 wins, 27 losses. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10, 23-16 over teams with a winning record. They lead their division by six games. Brad, are you buying or selling if you're at Atlanta? I'm holding. I'm not doing a darn thing if I'm the Braves. I've got the best team in baseball. You let it ride. Wow. Best and most balanced team in baseball. You don't need to make a single move. You've got a World Series team on your on your field every single day. You don't think they need left field support? If they were going to make one move, you wouldn't put that move in left what field? What would they do to get left field support? Who do I don't move? know. I That's don't know the how they would is, do I don't, it. I don't feel like the Braves, like they might have somebody they could move, right? Like they might have a young pitcher somewhere in their 
in their farm system who is like some team is like licking their chops over. But at the same time, though, I don't necessarily feel like the Braves have anything or anyone who they would want to move to make up for that. At this point, they're just like, it's fine. Right? The Marlins yeah. are not going to catch us. The Phillies are not going to catch us. I think you're right. I think we're set. I th- I honestly think if I'm the Braves, I'm holding because it's been working so far and it's been getting better. Honestly, it has been getting better. Because I feel like the Rays have kind of come down. The Rangers have kind of come down. They're losing right bit. now. Yeah, a little uh, bit. But yeah. the Braves are just escalating. They're getting better as the season goes. You're right. So yeah, you're you're right. I'm not doing a darn thing if I'm the Braves. Okay, let's move on to Miami. The Marlins are 45 okay. and 34, seven and three in their last ten. They are a flat 500 against teams who are 500 or better. They are six games back in their division, puts them in second place, but they are one game up in the wild card. What are you doing if you're Miami? Absolutely buying, and I'm looking for a bullpen arm. Starting pitching is pretty good. Sandy Alcantara, like. It's weird how much he's been getting roughed up this year. Mind-boggling, in fact. Yeah. So I would, I'd have to like count on him coming around, right? You'd have to count on that. You're not obviously not going to move him, but you've got to get a middle reliever in there. And I wonder if Joe Kelly's your guy. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm doing if I'm Miami. Because you've got the bats, you've Good. got the firepower, you just got to be able to hold a lead, and that because that's something they've struggled with this year. Yeah, you're right. Um, for me, I would move. Uh, I need somebody helping with third base while Gene Segura is on the injured list. Mm. Um, they've got John Birdie in there right now. Uh, and they've got Yuli Gurriel is available, but I don't love that. I don't want him at third base. No way. Garrett Hampson is another guy listed at third base for them. I'm saying, for my money, go get uh, Jaime Candelario if you can. <laughs> a solid move. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. yeah, go get him. I don't know if it'll be possible. I don't know what we have to give up to do it, but. Yeah. That's the one. Because that's, that's always the, the issue, right? You've got a good team that things are clicking. You're like, okay, we got a we got a hole we got to fill, but what do we have to give up to fill it? Because their outfield, their outfield, outfield's full. really good. It's good, but it's still full of uh, injured guys. You got Jazz Chisholm's injured again. Avisail right. Garcia is injured. Um, so they need help all the way around. They're and filling in pretty well, though. Like Brian De La Cruz has been really good. Jesus Sanchez has been awesome. Jose Soler, of course, have been unreal so i feel like they're fine offensively and, and defensively in the outfield it's, it, i think that third base is probably a spot that needs a, a fill and i don't yeah. know how long he's out for so it might not be that big of a need but i think middle relief is their big problem i've seen i've seen them blow several leads this year that yeah for shouldn't sure have been blown i so. agree okay let's move on to the where are we the phillies, the phillies. The Phillies are 40 and 37. They are 7 and 3 in their last 10, 19 and 27 against Tim's, Tim's against teams with a winning record. That puts <laughs> them 10 games behind Atlanta. That's third place. 3 games back in the wild card race right now. If you're Philly, are you buying or selling? Again, I'm going to hold with Philly. I think they've got a good enough team. They just started really slow. Had a really bad start that they're still recovering from and I think they're headed in the right direction. 
Um, honestly, like I really think that's it. Is that everything just had to get clicking? Maybe you go get Paul Goldschmidt. I don't know mm. what you have to give up to get him, but maybe that's how you fill that hole at first base and not have Bryce Harper play first base. Yeah, because not only are you getting a Gold Glover at first base, you're getting a Silver Slugger. Who yeah, can help exactly. Offensively. Exactly. So maybe that's the move because I've seen that that's been discussed a lot, and I saw something that said that that deal was gaining traction. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think mm-hmm. if you're going to make a move, that's the one. Just for yeah, this you got to fill the hole the at first series. base. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Mostly just hold. I I didn't I couldn't think of any other thing they could do. But you bring up a really great point about first base. All right, let's move on to. <laughs> Let's move on to the Mets. <laughs> they are 35 and 42. Uh, that four and six in their last 10, 19 and 24 against teams over 500. They are a whopping 15 games back in their division. Weird. Can't believe they're still only eight games back in the wild card. That doesn't <laughs> mathematically add up in my brain. I'm disappointed that that math works. Um, so for those of you that are actuaries at home, come please help me understand how that makes any sense at all. Brad, if you're if you're Mets, what are you, what are you doing? I think you have to sell. Yeah, right. You have to. Yes. yes. You've got to move some guys because you're like we're paying a whole bunch of money. It's not working because it's like, what do you do if you've dumped a bunch of money into your business and it's not returning? You've got to get you've got to get out of there. You got to change. They, change the system. There are so many teams that would be like, "Yeah, I don't care if it's an albatross. Give me, give me Justin Verlander. Give me Max Scherzer." Oh yeah. Right? Think of think of what would happen if the Rangers were able to pull either of those guys for the rest of the season. Be trouble. I mean, they've both been inconsistent, but if they get in a spot where they can feel consistent, you're in trouble. Or if the they just in trouble. if they just they're they're the sandbag guy on the rotation while they're waiting for Degrom, and then they move to the bullpen in their later years anyway. I don't think either of them would be willing to do that. I honestly. know, but for a world, <laughs> but no, though, ring, but really though, like I think I think if you get them on that pitching staff where there's not quite so much pressure for them to not give up more than two runs, because right? they have so like, much run support down in Arlington right, right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the move because that, like, man, don't I don't want that to happen. Don't scare me. I don't either. Break. I'm but, sorry. I don't think it's no, going to happen, to be honest with you. I do but, think the Mets are going to have to sell somebody off, though. They're going to be Tommy Pham. It's going to be Tommy Pham. <laughs> Tommy Pham is one of the first things they're going to try and offload. They're going to have to stick somebody else in there with him. But in the event that somebody is willing to make that deal, Maybe the pressure is part of the problem, and he could come alive for somebody who needs. Is Yona Cespedes still a Met somewhere? Like what? What's that? Probably. Do? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> They'll try to offload him. We don't really have any idea. What? what and isn't Jacoby Ellsbury still hanging around New York? He's offload He's him somewhere. too. Yeah, Just send him. Send <laughs> him in the next trip. Nobody ever sees him anyway. They're gonna try to nickel and dime their way back down without getting rid of their stars. That's what they're gonna do. Yeah, I know. It's not gonna work. <laughs> um, you know who's gonna go is Jeff McNeil. Yeah, get no, he's not. He's gonna retire in a New York uniform. You know he is. Okay, the only reason I'm gonna talk about Washington is because Heimer Candelario is there, 
and he's a big time outs above replacement guy outs above average rather. And he's got some pop. And even though he's a rookie, that's, that's your third base on the market right now. I would love. To see I don't think it is. Honestly, I think they're going to hold on to him because of all the years of control with him and he's affordable. Like That's, he'd but, be, he would be a great move for somebody, but I think they're going to hold on to him for those reasons. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. But so stupid because he has a chance to really help somebody. Okay, let's move on to the NL Central. Okay, the Reds, the Red Hot Reds, the big red machine in 2023. They are 41 and 37, eight and two in their last 10, 18 over 20 with teams against 500. They lead the division by half a game. What do you do, Brad, if you are the Reds? So I think the Reds need to go get a starting pitcher. They need to get one more starting pitcher. Um, I don't like Luis Castillo. <laughs> I bet they would love to. Oh, but man. the thing is, is that the, this is the only thing with that, Brig, is that like, <laughs> It's a catch-22 because it's like, oh, man, we'd love to have Elise Castillo right now, but Jake Fraley's killing it. We're going to call up Marte soon. If they, yeah. I think he's actually on the roster right now. Is he? So it's like, no, I think they go get it. Gosh. I think if they continue to win and they're sitting in first place come the All-Star game, I think they go out and they get a rental. Giolito, yeah, uh, Lynn, exactly. get somebody like that. Dylan Cease, maybe something. Dylan Cease, maybe. Yeah, go get somebody who can help help with that that pitching staff because they've got pretty good pitchers, but they need one more. They need one more. I agree. And the bats are hot, hot, hot right now. Oh, so. so hot. So Hansel. <sighs> so Hansel. Okay, let's talk about the Brew Crew. The Brewers are 40 and 37, 6 and 4 in their last 10, 17 and 23 against teams with a winning record. They're one half a game back in the division. That puts them three games back in the wild card race. Uh, again, this is a situation where if you don't win the division, it's going to be tough to stay in the wild card situation. But it's possible. Um, what do you do if you're the Brew Crew, Brad? I don't know. Honestly, I think they need some pitching. Probably. that's you. That tends to be the problem with most places, but they probably need some offense too. Um, it's just weird. Uh, it's kind of like what we talked about with the Red Sox. I don't know what to do with them. That's uh, how I feel too. Because the formula they've had has worked up until, and to say that it hasn't worked this year is would be wrong because they're still over five hundred. They're sitting it, contending yeah. in the division, contending in the wild card. Right. So maybe you just hold and hope that things get back to way the way they're supposed to be. I'm going to say I agree with you, but I'm also going to say I want them to hold and hope they know something we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, hold on. This guy's coming up through the system. He's in AAA right now, you know, or whatever, something like that that we that isn't quite as active on our radar would be great. And I think something like that could put them over the the line. So I think it could too. But you know what? You know what they would send if they did make a trade? The beer, eh? <laughs> the beer. <laughs> of course they would. Here, uh, we'll give you some beer. <laughs> you got a starting pitcher who gets you a lifetime supply of brewskis. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Cubs. The Cubs are 37 and 39. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10, which is a huge surprise. They're 17 and 28 against teams over 500. 3 games back in the division. 
They are five and a half games back in the wild card. Brad, if you're Northside Chicago, what's your plan? Got to get a pitcher. I'm buying because things have been coming around. You've got some pretty good pieces there. Patrick Wisdom. Uh, is it Christopher Morrell? Um, yeah. I feel like they've got some pretty good pieces. And maybe maybe Cody Bellinger is your is your trade bait, right? Because he hasn't been great. He hasn't been Cody Bellinger of old, but he hasn't been Cody Bellinger over the last two years either. Right, right, right. He's so maybe in the middle he's right your now. trade bait and you go get a pitcher. Uh, to help out with hmm. things and because they're kind of coming around, like I said, like eight yeah. and two in their last ten. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. They looked like pretty good. See. They looked pretty good in London. Yeah, they did. I'd like to. Well, but they played the anyway. <laughs> yeah, they played the cards. You're right. Um. Okay. Here's here's and they lost one of those games. I'm not convinced that the Cubs are involved anymore. I think that there's a chance they could come around and spoil things for Milwaukee, but I don't think they're going to spoil things for Cincinnati. I think the Cubs in this situation, if they're buying, they're just doing it to be petty or to set up next year. That's it. If that's, I'm, that's the, that's the move. They're not getting a rental. They're not getting a rental. No, they're going to no, no, get no, somebody no. to have control with. Yeah. yeah right. I should have been more specific when I said that because they're not so, playing necessarily for this year. They'll no. play to do well this year and build momentum right. for next year, but they're not right. playing to win a world series this year. No, I think you're right with that. However, if somebody comes knocking and they've got just the right deal, I think that they could move Julian May- Merriweather and, or Marcus Stroman depending on the long-term strategy of the club. Just depending. Mm. Stroman could be a good move. It could be a good move. And those are great arms. So who knows? I'm just saying it's going to depend on the deal and what the club's long-term strategy is. But I could see either of those happening. All right. Poor Pittsburgh. Boy. Okay. 35 and 42. They're 1 and 9 in their last 10. 17 and 24 against teams with winning records. Somehow they're now back to five and a half games back in fourth place. They're eight games back in the wild card. What happened and what do you do about it? I don't know if you can, right? Because you've seen what this team can do. Yeah. That they can put together a really good stretch of ball, but apparently they can also put together a really bad stretch of ball. Just like everybody, (laughs) we weren't like between the two of us, we weren't expecting. We thought they were going to be for real because like we said, got some good players on that team. They should be good. Yeah. But I think what it comes down to is their problem is pitching. Oh, I agree. I agree. Here's an inconsistent offense, but really it's, it's pitching is their big problem. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is maybe a hot take. I think if the Pirates put together a decent trade deadline that they could scoop up the Cubs and the Brewers and find themselves back in the race. I think you're absolutely right. And I and I don't think uh, the Cubs or the Brewers are as capable of holding their position if Pittsburgh good, does really well at mm-hmm. the deadline. Yeah. So if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm buying like crazy. And I don't know what I'm buying right now. I'd have to look way deeper into it, but I'm buying. I think I would buy a starting pitcher and a solid reliever. A really good setup man, if not a closer. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm buying with, to be completely honest with you, just because I don't know what they have in their farm system. Because you can't get rid of what's at the big league level. Because if you do, you're not winning anything. Right. Because they're really thin. 
I think it is but, thin. Yeah. But yeah, they've got that young catcher though, who I think is going to help things. Yeah. Um, uh, Henry Davis, uh, Rowan Gardner. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy. You're right. It's, it is Henry Davis. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know it was like it anyway. came to me as I said it, but anyway, yeah. I think they. Yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I think they could absolutely overcome the Cubs and the Brewers if they make the right move. Yeah, Wouldn't I don't know what that means they for Cincinnati. Be, they do need to be buying, though. You're right. They need to buy. Okay, the Cardinals. They're 32 and 45, five out of five in their last 10, 17, 28 against teams over 500. They're eight and a half games back in the division. They're 11 games back in the wild card. We've already answered this question. Sell it all. Sell. sell it all as much as you, you got to get rid of you got to deal arenado maybe arenado goes to miami whoa um you got to get rid of goldschmidt <laughs> i don't think arenado <laughs> wants to go anywhere i don't think he does either and i think he has a no trade clause um but but what if though they're like right. we want to send you to a contender because we're not contending this year and we need we need the assets we get back and he's like I can go play for a World Series somewhere. I don't know that Miami would be the move that he would want to make. No, I don't think so. But who needs a third baseman? Miami needs one for sure. Miami does, yeah. Um, Who else? The Rangers, maybe? I don't know who's playing for third baseman. I don't know either. But But that was my thought as well. Oh, you know who needs a third baseman? The Yankees. Because of oh, stupid Josh Donaldson, duh. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that would be that would be the move. No, the the Rangers. I was I was thinking the Rangers, but they don't need one. They don't need a third base. They, they have Josh him. Young, so they're Josh good. Young and Ezekiel Duran is behind him, so it's it's fine. They could use a DH though in Texas, for sure. That wouldn't hurt anybody's feelings. And Arenado yeah, could I think that would work. hybrid out as a DH and a platoon yeah. guy for whatever. Okay, all right, that's interesting. But yeah, sell everything if you're in Cardinals, if you're yeah, in that spot for sure. Let's move on to the NL West. Um, did we miss somebody in the Central? No, that's all five in the Central. That's what I thought. Okay, good. Yeah, the D-backs. Holy crap! I can't believe I'm saying this. The D-backs are in first place, and they are 47 <laughs> and 32. They're six and four. And in their by last the way, 10. the I believe the only team who hasn't been swept this year. Ooh, oh yeah. man, good for oh. them, right? Yeah, seriously. Okay, forty-seven and thirty-two, six and four in their last ten. That'll get it done. Twenty-one and twenty-one against teams over five hundred. They lead the division by a positive of two and a half games, and it <laughs> is a good day to be a Diamondbacks fan right now. So, it if is. you're them, Brad. What you doing? You got to get one more starting pitcher. That's right. That's the answer. That's that's what you need right there. Is you just need yes. to get one more starting pitcher. That offense is great. That offense is so good. But they're not going to be on every single day. And Zach Gallon can't be the guy. Obviously, every single day. He won. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, they need to get one more starting pitcher in there, and I think they'll be okay. Maybe a reliever. I don't. But yeah, I was going to say I, think I don't think a bullpen a arm. A bullpen arm wouldn't hurt anything, but. Is it necessary? Yeah. And I, another solid bullpen arm will never hurt, but I think you need a starting pitcher more than you need a bullpen guy. Yeah, I agree. That's I had the same note. Yeah, yeah. If they get that starting pitcher, it'll look out. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of them that are potential trade chips, like a yep. lot. This mm-hmm. is going to be a great 
it could you know be what it is hit. you know what it is is the the d-backs are going to call in a favor from somebody hey we shipped off one of our top prospects to you calling in mm. i don't <laughs> know if it works that way but <laughs> i don't know that it does either but they've shipped off plenty of prospects they should be able to make that call they, yeah you're right you're right all right san francisco the giants are 44 and 34 somehow this is so surprising because they were floating to the bottom of the barrel. Last year's implosion was just embarrassing. Anyway, the Giants 44 and 34. They're eight and two in their last 10. That puts them 24 and 17 against teams over 500. They're two and a half games behind Arizona. They're second place in the division, but they are still a half a game ahead in the wild card race. Oh boy, Brad. What do you the think? Giants are. I, this makes me feel like last year was more of an anomaly than the year before was when they won 100 and what was it 111 games something like that 100 anyway whatever it was that they won that when they won the division two years ago it makes me feel like last year was the anomaly and they've got things figured out yeah. and i think that they're if you're cruising this direction like you're knocking on the door in the division with the d-backs who've been the class of that division so far this year i think you just keep riding and you hold if the right deal comes available and you're like, okay, maybe there's a reliever who we could use. Maybe we could shore up the starting pitching with one more guy. I think that's what you do. But at this point, like you're, co- you're cruising. At this point, no, at this point you go, but you go pick up Yasmani Grandal or you ask Ooh. Oakland for uh, Langoliers. Langoliers. Shane Langoliers. Yeah. You gotta do you could do one of those too. And I think that changes everything for them. Oh and man, you, if they if they got Langoliers, that'd be bro. look out. Look, oh, look out man. Arizona. Holy cow. But I think that I think you, you take that opportunity to move Joey Bart down. Joey Bart has dealt with a bunch of injuries, and if you get somebody who's consistent and awesome, that would be a terrific move. I wonder. You know who is like the the most surprising shortstop in the league is Brandon Crawford. 100%. He doesn't look like a shortstop. He should be playing third base by the way right. he looks. So totally. I wonder if they want to if they want to bring in a shortstop who has probably a little bit more range than he does. He's still holding his own though. I know he is and it's crazy. It's so weird. I've never seen I don't want to say it's like Mo Vaughn playing shortstop because <laughs> he's not that big. He's not but crazy. like He's I was shocked dude. the other day. I thought he was <laughs> DHing. I was like, this dude's like, he got big over the last year and a half. What yeah. happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the cool thing yeah, about San Francisco is their, their pitching has really come together. And I think that's been a yeah. huge, a huge benefit. Yep. All right. Here's, let's move on to LA because the Dodgers are 43 and 34. They're five out of five in their last 10, 22 and 21 against teams over 500. Three games back in the division. They are at zero in the wild card race right now. Well, that last spot. That, that last spot. If you're LA, are you buying, selling, or holding? What are you going to do? If you want to win, you've got to move one guy and bring in several pieces that work, I feel like. Um, Mookie Betts playing the infield is not working for him. Um. He was better overall in right field. And to say that, I feel like is weird because he's an infielder, truly, came up as a second baseman. But I wonder if playing shortstop has messed with him a little bit. 
maybe he's the guy you move. I don't know. Um, you don't want to move Freddie Freeman, but you need to bring oh. in a pitcher. I think is is one of the big moves that needs to be made. You need to bring in a pitcher. You've got plenty of good talent. You've got plenty of talent on that on that team. I think that's the one. Maybe you move Mookie Betts and get several pitchers and a shortstop. Yeah, you you could you could pull in a lot for Mookie Betts. And there mm-hmm. are holes in the league in the outfield, for sure. Yeah. So that it's an interesting it's an interesting thing just because like they are 43 and 34 right right? and they're the dodgers who have haven't made who if you beat them in the world series they're gonna go get your guy from you has been what's been going on the last few years they've just added more talent as they've gone but for some reason it just isn't working right and like we said there could be some some kind of stink in the clubhouse that that's that they just need to clear it all out. They need to tear it down because that's the way it goes sometimes. But I don't know. Maybe you move one of those catchers for some, yeah, other talent because you got yeah, you two pretty good catchers there. Yeah. Which one do you move though? <laughs> that's the that's the you question. get a pretty you get a pretty good piece back I think for Austin Barnes honestly. Yeah. Keep Will yeah. Smith. Keep Will Smith is what I would say too. Okay, let's move to the Friars. The San Diego Padres are 37 and 41. That puts them at four and six in their last 10, 22 and 25 against teams over 500, nine and a half games back in the division. They are six and a half games back in the wild card. We already said it. They're going to sell. They should be selling. Stupid. Because if it's not working by now, it's not going to work. Yeah, I agree. They haven't shown any, any sense of moving in the right direction. They need to sell. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And then the Rockies. That honestly, I don't feel like the Rockies have anybody to move. They do. Who's that? They do actually. They have Chase. Oh, they do. You're right. Randall Grichik, um, Brent Sutter, and Kyle Freeland all could move. I don't know what their as well. Yeah, I don't know what their contract lengths look like or what the stipulations are. But if I was looking for pitching, I would look to Colorado. If I needed an outfielder, I would go after Randall Grichik. There you go. Yeah, that's what I would do. If you need a third baseman, Ryan McMahon, maybe that's yeah. where Miami goes. There you go. It's possible. So, it is possible. Anyway, baseball family, duh. We want to know what you think because that's what we do. So drop the comments in the comment section, especially if you're on YouTube. And by the way, that is the best place to find us. Obviously, you can keep listening to us wherever you do consume your podcasts, but YouTube is the best place to find us in long form, short form, and medium form content, because that's where we put everything. So if you're on YouTube and you're watching this, go ahead and drop your comments in the thing and uh, tell us what you think. And are we way off base? Did we offend you by telling you that your team needs to buy or sell? If so, we want to hear about it. Yeah, for sure. And make sure you subscribe as well if you're on YouTube. Drop us a like and a subscribe so you don't miss anything. Like Briggs said, we are dropping all kinds of medium-length content all the time. The the big show drops every Tuesday. We do the lives on Thursdays, and then we have stuff that we drop every other day of the week as well. So subscribe so you don't miss any of it. And while you're on the internet, don't forget to head over to schnookseatery.com where you can use code BTPOD at checkout to save 10% on your order and get the best seeds ever. Support the show, support your mouth. That's schnookseatery.com. 
gmail.com. You can thank us later. The baseball family, thank you so much for joining us this week. We will catch you next week. Thank you.